tell me if this sounds like you. Ditching the rat race for financial freedom is your rally cry. Shaking off the hustle and grind mentality for time freedom makes you want to do a little dance. Creating a life where your money makes more money for you, now that's your jam. Why figure all of this out? More time with loved ones and the ability to make a meaningful difference in your world. Now that's what drives you. My name is Jenny Townsend. Now, let's up level. Hey everyone, before I jump into this really fun interview, I want to share with you a couple of the key takeaways that I had talking with my brother and sister-in-law who live in San Antonio, Texas. They have been Airbnb hosts, as I will share in the interview, for about a year and a half now. And so both pre-pandemic as well as during the pandemic. And we have an open and honest and transparent look at their story of being involved in Airbnb and their successes and their learnings and all of that. And so a couple of key points I want to make sure that you listen for because I thought they were incredible is this conversation validates that you can be as involved or uninvolved in your short-term rental as you want. Now, they lean strongly to one of those directions and they actually share why, which I think is a really compelling reason why. But again, whatever fits your goals and your lifestyle best, there is totally a way to do that with short-term rentals. And again, something else that we touched on is short-term rentals and Airbnb can be a part of your real estate strategy or it can be the primary strategy for real estate in your house. There really is, again, no wrong answer. And so they share their breakdown of how Airbnb fits into their strategies and how it's a part of it. And really, it's gravy, as we describe it in the episode. They have a fourplex and they have one long-term renter. And that one long-term renter pays for the mortgage. So the other three units are just gravy. And so we discuss how one unit of a fourplex during a pandemic in a city that's been a hotspot, you know, off and on throughout this whole time has brought them in an average of $2,200 a month in profit. So it is an amazing story. They're an incredible couple and I cannot wait to introduce you to them. So let's dive in. What is up, Podcast Nation? Jenny Townsend here, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode. I am so excited about today because we are going to talk with some successful Airbnb hosts. And not only are they successful now, they were actually hosts pre-pandemic as well as throughout this entire pandemic. And the city where they're located has actually been listed as a hotspot multiple times, right? So it has not totally dodged the bullet from a geographic perspective, but I can't wait to hear their stories and their tips on how they have not only just weathered, but really thrived during this time. But then also, here's what I'm most excited about is their family. Yes, my brother, John, and his amazing wife, my sister, Hannah, and we actually, whenever we talk, just normal conversations, Airbnb always comes up. And so I had the thought pretty recently, I'm like, oh my gosh, we should have a more in-depth conversation and actually hit record to be able to share with you all. So John and Hannah, welcome to Uplevel. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. So... You all have lived all over the world. Yes. You were abroad for, was it nine years or 10 years? Okay. Okay. And then moved back to the U S moved back to Texas in 2019. 
and we're so eager to get to expand your real estate investment portfolio and bought a fourplex in San Antonio. Yes? Yes. Okay. And so I guess so far, have I missed anything in the setup that you think would be valuable for our listeners? No. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right, then let's proceed. So if you wouldn't mind, tell our listeners a bit about your story of acquiring that fourplex and the plans that you had for it. So Jonathan and I are very different. I'm incredibly uh, aggressive financially, and he is incredibly conservative financially. So being overseas for such a long time, we agreed to wait to purchase real estate until we were stateside, but we never imagined when we made that agreement, it would take so long. Sure. So by the time I found out we were finally coming back to the States and it was going to be Texas, I was guns blazing. We're buying every property. Let's go. And he's like, whoa, 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 sudden dramatic freak out. Um, And so I kind of um, calmed him down a little bit and encouraged him. I was like, I'll go early. I'll meet my mom's the real estate agent in Georgia. And so it's like, she'll go out there with me. We'll look at properties together. She can give us some great advice on areas and whatnot. So in January of 2019, I flew out with my to meet my mom in San Antonio, Texas, and we looked at a ton of properties all over San Antonio, found a phenomenal real estate agent here, but we actually didn't find a property that was like a go, um, which is crazy because we looked at so many. But from that, we actually came up on the one that we ended up purchasing after I flew back to England. I was probably there for a month, month and a half, and I constantly like stalking the internet Zillow, Realtor, all of them, and as well as the agent that we had connected with. Um, and I found on Zillow actually a fourplex. And I looked at it and um, I personally am a believer and so is my husband. And I just, as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is it. Like I just had a complete piece. Like this is the one we're supposed to buy. And so I showed John and every fourplex looks like a nightmare to him. So <laughs> there's no, no difference pro or con um, for him. And we had the agent who we'd spent so much time with go look at it and FaceTime us why she was looking at it because I felt like she had a really good grasp of what we wanted. So crazy. We actually purchased this fourplex site unseen. Like we physically. Amazing. Yeah. I think, um, I think that initial trip out to San Antonio was worth it just to Mm -hmm. connect like people. Sharon kind of understood that Hannah has this superpower to see what can be versus see what is. And I think she kind of caught that caught that vision. And when Hannah um, sent her this tip or, or that that lead, she went out and she could see it as well. And she was familiar with the area. There were no regional flags, things mm-hmm. that would make a um, a good agent wary, at least a good, uh, an agent familiar with the typical market here in San Antonio. So. Mm-hmm. Low crime, good school district, low noise level, easy transportation access, like all of the check those boxes. Yeah, yeah. So did you all incorporate the strategy or think about the thought of having a a short-term rental at that point of purchase, or were you more along the lines of this will be for long-term tenants renting from you? Actually, it's crazy. We were on a trip with one of his coworkers and in Morocco and the guy brought his girlfriend, not girlfriend, because it got real weird if you called it that. And she was a travel nurse. And I 
never heard of that world. Mm -hmm. And so this was way before we found that fourplex. I don't even know if we had orders at the time, but from listening to her, she was talking about how they're always looking for furnished apartments and it's not, there's, it's not easy to find like an affordable, nice place. And you're only going to be there for a short term. So actually when we found the fourplex in the medical center, like short term was perfect. Awesome. Yeah. We are pretty centrally located to the city. Um, you're not far from from sightseeing stuff, but we are maybe three to five minutes from seven different hospitals right here. Whoa. So the wow. market is very um, advantageous for like a short-term rental for traveling nurses. So that was from the from the jump our like our primary target demographic we were looking for. Yes, but you also house hacked, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. I love chaos as John. <laughs> Um, construction mess, painting, all of it. I can do it. I'll watch a video, let's conquer the world. And Jonathan's like, I hate painting. I don't like the mess. I need a safe space. <laughs> like, yeah. You sound just um, like me too. <laughs> but we did. So it was a fourplex and that was part of house hacking. I thought that was, that was kind of an effort to make him more comfortable with it as well. Mm -hmm. Because financially it's easier. Sure. Sure. You're living in one of the apartments while you're ideally renting out the other three. So you don't have as much of an expense. The other people are paying your mortgage or your rent or whatnot. So that yeah. was the intent. You get better terms on a mortgage if it's a primary residence. Right. That was one of the benefits. And yeah, I have no problem working. I just get tired of the taste of sawdust. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just want to like a clean place to like kick up. Yeah. You hope you step on through and yeah. You have to move laundry to find tools where they were. <laughs> so a live-in flip mm -hmm. was an adventure <laughs> from, she got there in May of 2019. I followed up a month later. I finished closing out our place in England. And from June until December, it was, it was kind of a, just an all out sprint. So that was, that was <laughs> a time that at some point I will look back on fondly, but uh-huh. Yes. Nostalgia at some point will kick in. Yeah. All the endorphins. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be good. I, I know in my mind that it was worth it. Um, yes. And I'm just waiting for those memories. For to your happen. heart to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Well, I remember we came down and visited you all over Thanksgiving weekend that year. And so we got to see kind of the in process. We got to see one of the units that you had completely redone. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. And then the one you were in, you were almost done. It was like finishing touches. You were just putting on like new trim and things like that, if memory serves, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the mix of the fourplex really quick before we move on was there was a long-term rental that you inherited, right? Or renter you inherited. Did you then remodel the next three while living in them? So the intention when we purchased it was to have every unit with a lease in it, except for one. And we were going to live in it and flip it. Um, through some shady previous landlord stuff. Uh, we had an almost eviction that we had move out. So we didn't have to go through the legal process because they left beforehand, but we would have. And then um, the other person, the landlord kicked out and then the other person like left in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so instead of doing one slowly so our, over time, yeah, we our 18 month timeline three, was, three was, empty apartments. <laughs> yeah, very much accelerated. But one thing on that, we didn't have to evict, but we did talk to a lawyer and give notice of eviction. And that was enough to do it. But one thing that we realized almost after the fact is that you need to know your state's yes. policy when it comes to, to tenants. If there's a tenant bill of right, if there's a landlord bill of right, those things, Texas, fantastic. Fantastic setup for landlords and for Airbnb hosts. Some states there's 
there's nightmares of, you know, you're behind rent. If you pay a portion of the rent, then it restarts the clock and you have so, so many times and it can take months and months and months. Texas is 72 hours. So oh, it, wow. Yeah, they don't, they don't mess around, which I think having that type of clarity just benefits both, both parties. It's healthy, right? It keeps things healthy. There's a really, it's very clear. Okay. Makes it very difficult to game the system. Which yeah, is definitely. So as you were working through renovating each of these units and also house hacking, what first interested, you mentioned the traveling nurses piece, but that's more like 13 week cycles, you know, like uh, their contracts at the hospital. What first interested you in placing a unit on Airbnb? At the time, Airbnb actually seemed, not having done it, it seemed easier to me than a long-term or short-term lease would be um, because it's, you have all the legal protection from Airbnb, so you don't have to worry about any of that, getting like the extra insurance. And then two nights, one night, like how hard, how hard can it be when you're close to all the attractions, like no work, this no lease to set up, no background check, none of that. So especially as a novice, like if, if you're like, you know nothing, but you think you want to try it out, I can't think of an easier system to join in. And they do, they like Airbnb does have fees, but honestly it's two or 3%. Like, I feel like it's incredibly reasonable for all the work and support that they do take my money. Like, right. <laughs> right. It's like, if you accepted a debit card for rent, the credit card processing fee would be as much. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I do remember going back to the when we came to visit you all over Thanksgiving, I remember we put together your Airbnb listing. It was, I mean, I don't know, maybe Friday or Saturday night, but like the next morning I was like, so how are you feeling? Have you heard anything? And I want to say you're like, we're booked out for like two or three weeks or something like that. But like through the course of the weekend, I want to say you were more than a month booked out solid with like 48 hours of being live on Airbnb. Yes, which was, so I was actually going to say this to you because I wanted to give you a shout out because I think what additionally gave us extra comfort in stepping out into the Airbnb was talking to you about your experience when you lived in California. So you really get a shout out for that because hearing your experience and getting your advice was also incredibly helpful. But we did, we talked to you that night, you gave us all the pointers and I listed it. It was probably like midnight. And I think when I started and then one, one in the morning when I finished like posting uh-huh. everything, because uh-huh. like, it'll probably take time. And this way we're ready for like, you know, and then in a few months from now and no joke by the end of, it was a Sunday morning, like at 1 a.m. when I finished posting by like noon or one on Sunday, we were completely booked. And it, do you remember? And it like, like lunch <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I totally remember that. Yeah. I got back from church and it was like, we need to go buy some sheets. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yes, you're coming. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All of the things that, that you don't necessarily think. Yeah, we probably, yeah, I think that kind of going circling back to what you were saying, it wasn't necessarily, um, Airbnb wasn't our first thought, but when the timeline got pushed up by by having open open units and renovating yeah. The, the need for income generating units became a reality. And so we pivoted to Airbnb and that um, was, yeah, a fantastic move. And so glad that you were able to kind of talk us through those processes and assuage any of those fears of the unknown. Well, thanks guys. Yeah, it was so much fun. That was so much fun. So I'm sure our listeners are wondering, okay, well, let's talk numbers. Like, I love the story. We're already in love with this couple, but we would love to hear some numbers. Would you mind sharing, I mean, even broad strokes, but like numbers about your Airbnb units versus, I believe you have 
one long-term rental of the four right now, or is it two? We put two on Airbnb, but the second one on Airbnb is only for 30, like a minimum of 30 days or more. Got it. So those are more traveling nurses type. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, okay. Or medical people like that come for a surgery or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. They like that actually. Okay. Well then for clarity's sake, let's just talk with the one that's strictly Airbnb versus a long-term rental. How about that? So what, what let's compare the two from a numbers perspective. Okay. So this is super interesting um, to look at. So the Airbnb is between 72 and $92 a night, depending on when you book. Um, Days of the week, you're saying? Like the weekends are more expensive? Yes. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are more expensive. And then weekdays are a little bit less. You have it like that. Uh, for 2020, we grossed over 20000 for one apartment. Nice. And that's actually being conservative. I was trying to pull up the numbers. I was trying to find my tax return. Um, but yeah, we grossed over 20,000 for just the one apartment and we had three months with no guests. Wow. So, so that was really nine months was yeah. okay. August, November and December didn't have anybody in them at all. And for the other months, it's not even to say that the entire month was booked. So it wasn't mm-hmm like back to back to back to back because we started playing after after we first listed it and we booked out of, immediately we're like okay maybe we need to look at our prices yeah yeah playing with it to increase the nightly rate to make it more manageable as well like the cleaning and the turning and things along those lines so we had to play with a few different things to figure out what worked for us yeah yeah you um we started off listing it at the airbnb suggested because they 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 walk you through the process and they give you those ranges this is what we think and talking to you, um, something that you said has stuck with me for, for people interested in getting into Airbnb. You said that Airbnb, they have those suggestions for a reason. And part of that is they are paid per transaction, not for the length of the stay. And so those initial numbers were like $32 a night. For oh, wow. what, we're, what we're offering is a two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment with full kitchen and laundry room and all that stuff. And so we immediately realized we're getting all these bookings that we're, we're priced well below the market. In right. the we incrementally kept doing that and we kept getting bookings and bookings and bookings. And so we just almost like stair steps, we walked up to the price to where we think that it's valued equivalent to the rest of the, the neighborhood. And the, the, the other piece that we tweaked, so we tweaked the price, but we also tweaked the, the, the number of <laughs> nights, the minimum night stay. Yes, sure. At first, we were happy to have any bookings, and you know we're, we're booked out for eight straight days, and it turns out it was eight different um, <gasps> parties. Yeah, and one night stays. One yes. night stays, and yeah. one thing that we didn't realize until those those were booked or locked in was the the effort to flip that for the next party. Yes. So we yeah. quickly got tired of that. <laughs> we changed the minimum night stay from one night just because there's no we both so Jonathan has a career and I have a career we both work full-time so taking that time out of work to clean it ourselves in the middle of the day in the middle of the day was not ideal and you could hire someone and the going rate for a lot of the companies to do it at least where we are for two hours is like 175 dollars which makes a lot more sense to me why I see so many people have really high cleaning fees on yeah. Airbnb because if yeah. they're paying someone to do it, that's actually like, they're not making money. Right. It's so just like, pass through. Yeah. Right? It's literally just yep. breaking yeah. even. Or not even. Or not even. Yeah. And so because of that, we started playing with the dates because I'm like, we're so close right now. I'm still happy to do the work, but I can't do it 
every yeah. single day and neither could Jonathan. Yeah, I can't imagine trying to do that. We were living on site at the time in mm -hmm. another unit and it was a lot of effort. I can't imagine adding a commute to that. And yeah, yeah. if I had forgotten in those early days, it's a little bit of chaos. If I had forgotten a certain cleaning supply or, sure. or something, then you're looking at twice the commute. And yeah. so just one of those things to, to be aware of finding, finding um, either good help or f figuring out how to make that work for a particular situation is, is key. Definitely. And so I do want to key back into, you'd mentioned that that gross number, that annual that you brought in for just one of your fourplexes, what, what was over for really nine months? What would you say was your average percentage? If you just had to guess over those nine months, was it like 65% or would you say, you know, 75%? What would you say those? Oh, as far as how much is the like occupancy? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'd probably say depending on the month, it's kind of a wide range. So I hope this is acceptable between 50 and 75%. Yeah, no, that's, that's great because most locations have some kind of natural seasonality to them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so yeah. Far, and then also 2020 was a weird year. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. We probably had more occupancy in those first months when we were still scaling up the price. Sure. Sure. People were snatching them up yeah. immediately. January was a hundred percent. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Wild. Because if you look, so I pulled up the chart because it shows you your income in the months to look at it. Mm -hmm. January was hundred percent booked, but it grossed somewhere, maybe like 1500, just over no, a thousand. That's a thousand. But so maybe just under 1500 and then February and March and April. So March was over 3,500. We grossed over 3,500 in the month of March. Wow. Yeah. And that's just, For that's just playing with the, with the two factors, the, the nightly rate and the, the minimum night stays. Wow. So yeah, a lot. That's amazing. Right. And then a just, lot less effort. Yes. Yeah. There is, yeah, there is a learning curve. You know, there can be a, definitely a learning curve of when you're just like figuring out the optimization of like, what's the best, what's, how can I get the most profitability with the least amount of effort? <laughs> Yeah. that's the dream. I feel like it's different too for everybody. So like anybody considering to do an Airbnb, if their situation is different, like for them, what works and makes the most sense could be different. Like maybe they're not both working a full-time job. So they're like, right. I don't care if it's every night I can do it. And so, it, but for us, I yes. don't mind. like, I'm not going to stun my nose at grossing up to 36,000 off of one apartment. Like, exactly. Especially since doesn't your long-term rental pay the mortgage for your fourplex? Yeah. So this is all gravy. There's no cogs. Yeah. Really. You know, like this is, there's a, there's a transaction fee from Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And your utilities, but the, yeah. those are just going to happen anyway. So amazing. So good. As you were starting out and you, you kind of, you may have answered this, but I want to give you the kind of explicit answer, the opportunity to answer this. What surprised you the most about having an Airbnb as a part of your income portfolio? So I kind of, I was talked into to real estate and, <laughs> and, I had that, yes. and I had that vision early on and she could see, like I said, she can see things that aren't, that aren't in existence yet. And my, maybe it's my background. Maybe it was things that I've seen. Maybe it's late night infomercials, hawking stuff. But the idea of real estate is this passive, passive gig where you just, you know, set it and forget it. And once you've slapped a coat of paint on there, you're, you're good to go. You're but, a billionaire, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Basically, that's just inevitable. The reality is there's a lot of sweeping corners and scrubbing toilets and 
whatever else, we have always kept our cleaning fee less than our nightly rate. And so we're nowhere near, we're nowhere near covering a cleaning service. So we have, for our situation, it was more important, at least early on, it was the hustle and it was, we're right here, we're doing that. And it is until you have some sort of system in place, mm-hmm. it's not a, all out sprinting and yeah. you know, figure out a list, figure out a system yep. um, and work in that way. So that was the the biggest surprise for me. Your systems are priceless. Love it. Great answer. And I did want to just encourage people listening to if, if they don't want to do all of that, you can make it more passive and just pay people to do the stuff we're talking about. Uh, we just have some pretty extreme goals and I'm really frugal and intense. So I'd rather do it myself right now, but eventually we will just pay people. Um, but what surprised me the most when we started um, was actually the importance of the reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Because one of the reasons Airbnb recommends starting at a lower price point is to get more stays quickly to get reviews. Yes. Quickly. yes. So it was funny to me how much I started caring. Like as soon as they posted a review, what did they say? Did they say? Like, yes. five, stars, five stars, like just. Yes. So yeah, I was really surprised um, how much that mattered. And then actually the other thing that's similar to his, as I was going to say, the turnover, I probably didn't do the best job cleaning our place during this. Mm-hmm. I was so sick of cleaning the Airbnb that I, when I got home, I'm yeah. like, I anything. like, can I pay someone $175 to come clean my place? <laughs> yeah. 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 Folding their laundry, not ours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She was on top of it. There are metrics that Airbnb will track the amount of the amount of stays that you cancel as a host. Yes. Once you get dinged, time it takes for you to respond to inquiries. So Hannah was all over it all the time, responding to people immediately, giving them any of the information. And um, once you get through X number of, is it the first 10 maybe? Then, then they start giving you a rating. Pro tip for people that are um, a little risk tolerant and that maybe want a good deal. If you look for bookings on Airbnb that don't have ratings, that means they've just started. That means they're going to be probably priced below where they should be. So you can get some gems. You might you might stay at a few turds, but you can <laughs> over under average, you're probably going to make out better because we had people snatching up the stuff immediately. And I think it's because they were other hosts that knew we were yes. under Yes. As you correctly noted, you have to have a given amount of reviews before Airbnb will put a little star on that listing, the search result pages, and then show your reviews. And so while I don't remember if we really discussed a pricing strategy when we, I mean, that was two years ago, a year and a half ago, but I want you all to know that you pretty much followed some best practices to a T. It's like, stay a little bit more conservative in your prices because you don't have the reviews to back you up. Like once you have five-star reviews, come on, like charge a premium, you know, but that's kind of like your first line of defense is pricing if you don't have the reviews. And then the other, the other first line of defense, you need to have as many guests as possible come in. So what I now officially recommend is you limit the length of stays for people, you know, your first month as a listing, because you want people in and out fast. You don't want your first guest to be a 30 day guest because it will take them so much longer for your listing to go without that little star and reviews. So you actually executed best practices ideally. And yes, you have optimized your prices, but that is a part of the management the profit management, right? The property management, the profit management, all of that. So brilliant. I love it. You were on Airbnb before the pandemic. 
So how, and you lived in San Antonio, which has been a hotspot at multiple times throughout this past year or so. So how did things change for you with the Airbnb unit um, after March of 2020? That was, it was actually really interesting because we definitely had a ton of cancellations, like people that were coming out, like an Airbnb changed their policy for cancellations, rightfully so, to like accommodate everybody, whether they were getting sick or they couldn't travel, whatever. Yeah, um, the host or the tenants could could cancel hmm. without any kind of, um, without any kind of uh, penalty. Yeah. yeah, so, which was good. I, I think it allowed everybody to kind of clear the books if they were uncomfortable. But what was really fascinating about that was that it actually, we still had a fantastic year, even though there was COVID. Mm-hmm. So lost a lot of bookings that were for like tourist things, mm-hmm. coming for a, a military graduation because they're located not far from one of the military bases or if they were coming for um, Six Flags or SeaWorld or whatever all people see in San Antonio. Alamo, yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> like, what are, I mean, we haven't even seen this stuff, so I don't know what they see <laughs> But um, so we lost those types of bookings, but honestly, like 2020, we grossed over $20,000 with COVID. Yeah. Like things are being canceled. Gravy. Again, that, yes, gravy. What it ended up being is we had corporate people that would then book it. So it was still through Airbnb, but they would book it for like a month because they had to come out for a training. And then with COVID, you have the extra time that you need to stay or whatever. Yeah. And people still book it for medical reasons. Mm -hmm. So like, Mm -hmm. surgery or hey I have to do this like so it was just insane so we lost bookings but it was almost it wasn't like this but it was almost just as quick as the booking went away then I'm like oh, okay never mind nobody's coming they had to cancel oh JK somebody else is coming and they booked it for twice as long like just wow. yeah and then do you all give weekly or monthly discounts we do we okay. do monthly I don't know if it's like 10 and 15 percent I'm not sure it's lower than whatever Airbnb recommends right because that's a lot I'd have to inflate my prices for the yeah Mm -hmm. you are when you're first starting off they they really incentivize people staying and they suggest like 40 percent discounts for the week and you're like I'm charging 32 dollars like they're gonna stay in my place for like 21 (laughs) dollars a night for yeah and then like what if the people figure that out that it actually costs less to book seven nights than it does to book four like who's you're eating like three nights that you can't book to someone else. So that's like, not only are you losing money on the deal, you're missing out on the upside later. So well played. Yeah. So I do like, it makes our lives easier and it's a little bit less wear and tear if it's one person staying. So we sure. do have for both, but at the same time, it defeats the purpose. If I could make more, having more turnover. So like right. there's that line in the middle where I just benefit and you benefit. Exactly. And they're still paying a premium over an unfurnished place. Like I've been kind of making the case that it's actually the furnishings that yeah. can 25 X or so the possibility of any property. Yeah. 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 And our Airbnb comes with washer and dryer. Yeah. Make your own home. But it's, so. but it's even more than that. It's toilet paper. And it's, it's like everything from a hotel, oil, salt and pepper and spices. spices and, yeah. You know, coffee. Yeah creamer like we make Mint it really pillow. nice yeah, i do I actually put chocolates in the room <laughs> that's amazing that's so thoughtful it's so thoughtful yeah. especially if someone's coming there for like some medical reason that's just really warm and welcoming i love that that honestly is i think been one of our favorite things is it gives you a really cool way to minister and give back to people because when they come for medical reasons like if they're bringing in their say that their child's sick or whatever mm. like how old is your kid because sometimes they're older and a teddy bear is not appropriate but sure. like if 
bottle. Or if they're going and they ask for like, a, can they bring a pet? Because we have an additional charge if you have a pet. But they're going through that approval, but they're like, we're here for a surgery or bone marrow transplant or something. Then we'll put little dog treats out, like bring your friend. It's just this really amazing way to be encouraging and loving yeah. to people that we won't actually even probably see because most people just get the code and let themselves in now, especially yeah. with and yeah. in our somewhat limited experience, people remember the small stuff more than yes. they like yeah. you, a 40% discount is kind of lost on somebody. But if you're like, I stayed at a place and they had mints on the pillow and they, yeah. they, you know, they laid, laid out this dog treat for us, those small little additions will, will kind of set you apart. We, so actually, this is so cool. We have actually become friends with a couple that stayed in our Airbnb. They were there to house hunt. So like they, he was a veteran in the army. I don't think they were from California, if I remember. And they stayed there and they're like, yeah, we're just going to a few different states, staying in different locations to figure out where we want to move. And so they ended up closing on a house in San Antonio. And so we got them flowers and Jonathan made them. His artistic abilities are stereotypical male. So it was like the most amazing card because it looked like a three-year-old drew, drew it, tied up this little house. But we we're like, congratulations on your new home. I and may or may home. not have used my non-dominant hand. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's perfection. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like when they moved out here, they reached out to us. It was so funny through it. Mm-hmm. It was a booking request, but she was like, hey, I don't know if you remember us, but we, we've moved back out here. We would love to get together. And like, so it's just, it's really, fun. really cool. It is. That's something I really love about Airbnb is it gives, I mean, I think one of their core values is connection, but I think it is, it's a great way to remember that we're all humans, but it's just like a, a call to humanity, which I adore. So what guidance would you give to someone who is new to short-term rentals, even while we're still in a pandemic? Know who your target target demographic is. And if it is if it is tourism, things that are affected by a pandemic or a natural disaster or you know, whatever the the case is, be thinking of a a backup demographic. The the travel nurses, San Antonio was a hub because of the medical center and they were they were bringing in patients from El Paso, they were bringing in patients from other smaller areas, and there was a surge where they were paying almost like Uber does for their drivers, the hospitals were paying a premium for traveling nurses trying to attract them. And so that was a key stay. And there are are some things that aren't going to go away. Theorizing, if you have a a rental someplace that is probably heavy for tourism, your your mountain location or or a, a beach location. If if tourism is an option, maybe it can be a maybe you can be a corporate retreat or something like have a have a secondary market that you can yes. because that will reduce the risk that you take on with a with a project like that. That's so good. At the risk of using a word that has been used a lot, it'll allow you to pivot. Like it'll give you that flexibility, like you said, to not only reduce your risk, but then also to remain really profitable. You know, amazing. I love that. I love that answer. Going forward, do you anticipate Airbnb will remain a part of your strategy with real estate? I think it will. It kind of depends on the location. So to tie into what he was saying, depending on where it's located. So in the same area that we have the current one, we're very interested in getting additional properties in that area. And it makes a lot of sense to have one to two of those apartments out of the fourplexes be Airbnb. But we're 
also really interested in scaling up to more, to larger properties. So whether it was an apartment complex or hospitality like hotels, but what's fascinating, and we can only speculate on this because we haven't moved into that yet, but we were even talking about how you could potentially incorporate Airbnb into an apartment complex or a hotel. That's the benefit of ownership. I think it will be in some capacity, but maybe not in the same type of building. Sure. Where we are in our current markets, Airbnb is more profitable. Long-term rentals are um, like with a traditional with a lease. They are they are um, more steady yeah. income, mm-hmm. you know, locked off in three-month chunks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we have been able to to price Airbnb to a point after the fees, the net that we get is higher than the than the long-term rentals, and we're not carrying the risk yeah. with just a five hundred dollar deposit when you have a you know million dollar insurance policy through Airbnb and we don't have to track down payments that uh, they do all of that legwork. And so it is, it is beneficial. You don't have to draft up a lease. Like I said earlier, there's no, there's no background checks or there's no, you know, request for, for pay stubs to verify income, to qualify. There's none of those, none of those steps. Airbnb will build that into the process. And I think they can do that because of their systems and their scale. I mean, it's a service that they provide that I will gladly pay for. Gladly, right? Because they also bring the customers, they bring the guests. It's like you don't have to go out and market either, you know? It's just like you respond to the demand that they have created for you, which I love. There's so many benefits to it, I think. So in general, and in this season or any other season, let's say when we get back to a new, new normal, like everyone's been like, we're adjusting to this new normal. And I'm like, let's look into the new, new normal. What advice would you give to listeners who are currently considering the addition of a short-term rental? I would say know your numbers. I'm a bit of a free spirit, so a lot of times I hate it when people say that. I'm like, oh my gosh, shut up. But at the same time, uh, there is wisdom in knowing your numbers. And I don't mean to the point of like analysis paralysis, like I have to have every single thing calculated, but on a really basic level, like super simple, okay, four apartments, my mortgage is this much, how like at the lowest, so we could cut our rent, like what we're currently charging, what was it? We could go down like $800 per apartment and still cover the mortgage. Like that's a really big cushion, right? Really big cushion. Yes. Per apartment. That's not the fourplex. That's per. Yeah. All the pressure off too, knowing that if we needed to, we could scale back. Yeah. And what are you willing to do? So like, if you're thinking about doing a short-term rental, let's say in your market, you can't find a property or you don't have a down payment for the type of properties that are available to get those type of numbers. And that's fine. So how badly do you want to do it? Are you willing to pick up a side hustle like Postmates or um, Uber or like it, like do something to offset it? Are you willing to do that? If your income and this can't cover it, what are your numbers and what are, how much work do you want to put into this? Even if it's just for a season, because I think a lot of stress off of it. Cause at the end of the day, if I lost my job and we didn't have any tenants, I would be working at Walmart. I'd be doing Uber. I would be doing something. Yeah. Comfortable acknowledging that. And that makes Jonathan more comfortable knowing that I'm like, it's fine. Like I'll go sell some flowers on the street. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. (laughs) Like there's, there's always a way. So I think the question is knowing your numbers and how, how much work you're willing to put into it to make it work. It's really good. I think that if you are about to get into short-term rentals, know that it's going to be a sprint for, for a little while. There is a lot of, there's a lot of startup effort, you know, just like you, if you, there's a shopping cart and it's full of, full of jugs of water, some guys hoarding at Costco, it takes a minute to, to get that thing started. But once it's moving, 
a lot less effort. Like um, a train, right? Yeah. So yeah. put in the work at the beginning, figure out obviously the numbers, figure out how much time you can devote to it, shop around, find out if, if the local area will support cleaners or property managers at a lower rate than maybe the, the national average, if that's yeah. the issue. Mm-hmm. Once you've done that, go an extra step farther. Look into the, the programs that Airbnb can do to highlight you to other people. One of the things that Hannah did was she was so on top of all the responses and all of the booking requests that every quarter, I believe it is, Airbnb goes through and does a, a superhost vetting where they identify people. And if you get on that list, that is one of the ways that if you're looking to stay at an Airbnb, you can filter the results for just superhost. So look into what it takes to become that. Then there's the ambassador program. Uh, well, to tie into what I think you're sharing as well is I think, so we went on the there's both sides of the spectrum. There's like the hustle, get stuff done. You do it all yourself, bare knuckles, or there's a, I like real estate, but I don't want to touch it or get my fingers dirty. So then you can just pay for everything. You can pay for a cleaner. You can buy a really nice property. You're going to pay more of a premium, but it, it, there's not a right or wrong. It's whatever works for you. And on the premium side of it, I would say Airbnb has the ambassador program now where you can connect with an ambassador and they'll help you. So kind of actually like what you did for me unofficially, They'll answer your questions. They'll walk you through it. So like, if you don't want to, mm-hmm. you don't want to hands dirty, pay somebody to do everything and work with people to do everything. It's so good. It's like, whatever, whatever works for you, there is a way, yes. right? That is amazing. And a couple of things that came to mind as you two were sharing how John, you referenced, and also Hannah, you touched on this, that there is a lot of effort at the beginning and it's, it's kind of like, I feel like I keep using this analogy, but it's just so accurate is the idea of getting a rocket launched into space. And I want to say, John, you, you may know more details about this than me, given your area of expertise, but I believe it takes about 75% of the rocket's fuel to get it off of the ground and up really out of the atmosphere. And then just 25% of the fuel is needed for whatever is beyond that to the edges of the galaxy. <laughs> Um, but it does, it just takes the amount of fuel it takes to get off the ground. Sometimes we can underestimate it in our excitement, but it's just like, but once you're off the ground, I did a, an episode recently talking about how to get like real passive with your real estate, with your Airbnb and like focusing on like what I call like the one-time tasks. And then, you know, figuring out a way as we've discussed to, to delegate the ongoing tasks. And it is like finding the place as a one-time task, furnishing it, listing it, whatever. Those are the one-time tasks. That's the rocket. Like if you can figure that out, if you can, you know, as a couple figure out like your risk tolerance and what you're comfortable with and come to that, you can make those decisions. You can figure that out. That is getting a rocket into the atmosphere. And it's so funny. We have some neighbors that this is going to sound random. And I bet the next sentence out of my mouth is going to surprise you, but they have chickens. (laughs) (laughs) and uh, They have been out of town this week and we have been chicken sitting. And so I will go and let them out at the beginning of the day (laughs) and then go at the end of the day and count make sure everyone's in the coop and close the door behind because we kind of live in the country. There are, there's, there's animals. Yeah. And so I've been talking with them about bringing short-term rentals to their income portfolio because they're actually house hacking a threeplex. 
So very, very similar. Yes. And so they're totally on board and have been, you know, asking me questions and I've been sharing it's like pretty similar, but when we've gone down there to go close the chickens in at the end of the day, there's like Amazon boxes, walmart.com boxes. I saw they got like a Amazon prime fire TV for when I was like, yeah, that's going to get such good ratings. It's like, I could just see, you know, like they're doing the one-time tasks of getting the rocket into space. And so well said to sum that back up. Well said, you all have gotten a few units furnished. So you're getting a premium for that. And I actually, I love that you mentioned that traveling nurses are a big strategy for you. I accidentally discovered that when we had our rental in California and totally blew my mind, but I was like, well, this is our backup strategy. If we don't have someone booking on Airbnb or VRBO, or, or we were also listed on corporate housing by owner, like all of the sites. Right. But I was like, yeah, a traveling nurse is our total secondary plans. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners that I didn't ask about? Well, so I kind of want to talk about one thing. So we're talking about that last question, all of the, all of the effort that goes into that. Also use that as some sort of benchmark. If you're still putting that much effort in six months later, yes. reevaluate what you're doing. Talk to other owners, get on blogs, look around. You're probably, you either don't have a system in place that would that will totally alleviate what you're doing or there's that's a red flag so you know that you're going to pay a price and effort upfront or money you know however it works sure. and that is going to get easier and if it doesn't like if there's not a whole lot of work at the front end maybe you're not getting what you could out of it but on the flip side if, if it's still if it feels like a grind um there's probably something that could, could help you out that's good i think that we are so blessed and so fortunate to live in 2021 like the opportunity yeah. everybody has especially in america are beyond like history is fascinating it's amazing you can learn from your mistakes but that no, nothing in history compares to what we have at our fingertips today yes. so i urge you to find the way to yes mm. no or this is a problem so if this is something that even like in the back of your mind and you just can't get it out just try it like what's the worst that can happen you you decide you hate it and you shut it down you take off the airbnb website or you hate real estate altogether and you sell the property okay that makes a fantastic story later and you can be like you know what i learned but i just think it's this amazing opportunity that there's no reason why anybody couldn't be a part of it get involved in some capacity you can get into airbnb you can do short term leases and you can love it or you can hate it but you'll never know until you try yeah. yeah and if it doesn't go the way that you're anticipating that's fine go ahead and flex one of my favorite quotes at work is a well-documented failure is almost as good as a successful execution oh, so good. if it didn't go the way you wanted it to take a little time some introspection think about it and learn from that and, and move forward where else, if you think in history, like you can get on your phone and you can agree to stay at a, at a stranger's house for a month, you you can book tickets on a plane, you can summon a, a stranger to come pick you up from your house. When you get to that other stranger's house, there's a box from Amazon waiting for you. Like when on earth has that ever Never until today. And so yeah. there are opportunities all around us. So just, just look around. Yeah, that's really good. Well done. Well, thank you so much, John and Hannah, for joining us today. I really appreciate your transparency and your wisdom and your insights. And I absolutely know that our listeners are going to love it. Thank you for having us. It's been a lot of fun. Definitely. And so thank you all listeners for joining us today. Thank you for being a fly on the wall of a family conversation. And I just absolutely loved 
And so I can't wait until the next episode, but until then continue to be up and to the right.